Welcome to the Essay for FAs Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today we will discuss the likelihood of reaching age 100 and the conditions necessary to fund such a long retirement. My podcast two days ago, called A Tale of Two Retirements, contrasted the extremely late retirement of Indiana State employee Bob Vollmer, who stepped down from his land surveyor position at age 102, and the retirement of John Q. Public, who typically leaves his job before he planned to, based on health and other factors, and at an income replacement rate below that of his working years. Few people want to be in either category. They want to retire at the time of their choosing, usually on the early side, and at the standard of living to which they have grown accustomed. So I wanted to focus on this type of retirement and the difficulty in achieving it. The fact that 50% of Americans are on track to incomes less than their pre-retirement incomes tells us this empirically, but I've recently seen some statistics that demonstrate this point mathematically albeit on the basis of various necessary assumptions. The most recent issue of Retirement Income Journal, published by my friend Carrie Pector, includes a report of the presentation by University of Oklahoma law professor, which was sobering, to say the least. The pension law professor's main point is that it takes nearly ideal conditions to reach retirement adequacy. Now, before you get too alarmed, Note that Foreman was speaking at the Society of Actuaries Living to 100 Symposium last week in Orlando, so the premise was funding a retirement lasting 35 years, from age 65 to 100. But before you shrug this off, Foreman's first point was that people do need to plan for this possibility. Although the average 65-year-old man and woman only make it to age 84 and almost 87, respectively, there's a 50% chance that one of those spouses in a non-smoking couple will make it to 92, a 25% chance one will live to 96, and a 10% chance one of them will live to 100. The good professor looks at the calculations through the prism of an annuity, as academics typically do. So if the goal is a 70% pre-retirement income replacement rate, and if your client's final salary was $100,000, the client would need $40,000 of annual income. Foreman generously assumes one could purchase such an annuity at a cost of $400,000, which the Retirement Income Journal's Carrie Pector rightly disputes, noting that at today's rates, you'd have to pay $750,000 for such an annuity, assuming for argument's sake that he was correct, just to hear the rest of the math, which is otherwise sound, to achieve $400,000, our client, whose final salary was $100,000, would need to contribute 7.27% of income over a 40-year career at 5% annual returns based on a reasonable estimate of starting salary and annual 3.5% pay increases. That's already an enormous challenge since people don't contribute that amount and moreover, they face disruptions such as job losses and emergency funding needs. But even that's not all. Foreman discusses the ravages of inflation on a retiree's income, and assuming a moderate inflation rate of 2.5%, calculates that our hypothetical client would need to be saving 9% a year to make up for what inflation will eventually take away. Financial advisor clients tend to have above-average wealth, but if your clients, or at least their young adult children starting out their careers, fit the description of someone like this, 
know they need to be saving a lot more than 9% of their incomes if there's a possibility they will be jobless for a period of time and if they didn't start funding their retirements beginning at age 25, which describes most people. Add to all of this the fact that people do tend to retire early. Federal Reserve survey data show an average retirement age of 59.88 and a median age of 62, lending even more credibility to the notion that people often leave their employment involuntarily. Accounting for all of this, I think it is reasonable to suggest that people target a savings rate of 15%. They should seek a rate of return that suits their age, risk profile, and long-term objectives. And for those who can't or won't do this on their own, well, that's what you're here for. But not wanting to end this podcast on such a grim note, I will add the following. Professor Foreman's presentation is looking at the population as a whole, but if we segment the population that gets professional financial advice, which is a more affluent group, then the picture gets brighter for at least two reasons. First, this group often has other assets such as real estate, which eases the client's retirement finances, as I argued in my January 14th podcast called Good Trades. Secondly, With greater investable assets, it is reasonable and desirable for this group to build up portfolio wealth, perhaps annuitizing just a portion of their assets for purposes of pure longevity insurance. People with fewer resources do not have this luxury. The bottom line is that people build wealth by deploying their income to become asset owners. That is the perspective we need, especially for those fortunate enough to fall into the 10% who make it to 100. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast of value, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com with any feedback. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.